Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Winner's Circle podcast. My name is Josh Lieberman, and I'm your host of a brand new fantasy sports and sports gambling podcast. We are at episode one right now, so very excited to try to bring some uh, important content to you guys. So glad you joined us, and hopefully you guys will uh, hang in and enjoy the ride as we kind of go through a lot of pertinent and necessary topics in the space of fantasy sports um, as well as sports gambling. Definitely two things that I'm very passionate about. So I feel I've got uh, not only a lot of experience, but a lot of uh, insight and different uh, perspectives on the space. And I think I can bring that uh, type of content to you guys and maybe help you win some fantasy leagues, help you win some of your sports bets, um it's definitely fun and exciting um great to participate in and i think uh the content we'll be able to give you here should be able to help you in that regard so yeah let's uh get going here um i guess just a little bit more about myself um live in toronto canada so there's definitely going to be a little bit of a canadian flavor to our a lot of uh the segment content but absolutely, um, you know, very relevant topics to anyone who's invested or plays fantasy sports, um, lays down some cash on sports bets, uh, no matter which of the four big sports you play. Um, definitely feel I can bring some uh, great content to you guys. So flying solo today, as you may have already guessed, but I do plan on bringing some great guests along for the ride here. Um, who can also share their uh, point of view on their own fantasy sports experiences, um, you know, what they're uh, doing with their leagues and their teams. So bringing that to you, bounce some ideas off each other um, as it pertains to sports betting, also be able to get uh, their insight and perspective. So yeah, it'll just be some hopefully very... Uh, exciting discussions that will engage you guys and uh yeah hopefully you guys uh, enjoy it so just for myself i think uh fantasy sports fantasy football specifically is certainly something that i'll be focusing on in a lot of these podcasts um big fantasy football player um done a lot of high stakes dynasty football leagues probably been doing it for about 15 years i would say if not more um play in any of the uh you know top organizations that offer high stakes dynasty and redraft leagues so ffpc nffc um full-time fantasy sports play in all three um so yeah definitely well versed in any of those um offerings so if there's any kind of questions or things you ever want to have me focus on can definitely bring a solid POV from um, my time with those organizations. And yeah, currently in a lot of leagues right now, I probably um, right now, and I know every fantasy football player says this every year, I've got to cut down my leagues, man. I got to cut down my leagues. I'm in too many. I can't keep track. So likewise, I say that every year and probably on average, I get rid of half a league <laughs> every year. Um, this was actually in off season already that I believe I've already cut down two leagues and think I might be on the fence about 
cutting a third one off my um, portfolio. Um, and that will probably take me to around, I want to say, six or seven leagues with, yeah, I think there's about four or five. Probably almost all of them now are relatively high stakes leagues with like a minimum entry fee of around 150 bucks um, Canadian. Um, no, just kidding. 150 bucks uh, US. So, yeah. So I play from, uh, I guess, 150 on the low end. And I've got a couple that are around the 750 mark um, when it comes to redraft. Uh, I've done a couple of the high stakes leagues in Las Vegas, which are really, really cool. I definitely recommend them to you guys if you haven't had the chance. Obviously, not much traveling going on at the moment, but uh, hopefully when things become safer to do so, um, would definitely encourage you guys, if you're a big fantasy sports enthusiast, to get yourself out to, I guess it doesn't even have to be Las Vegas. I know they do them in New York. I think uh, Chicago maybe as well. But Las Vegas is obviously Las Vegas. You know, there's no better place. Um, if you're a degenerate uh, gambler or fantasy football player, um, that's really where you want to be. And I did it with um, both full-time fantasy, or actually all three, full-time fantasy, NFFC, and FFPC. And yeah, hats off to all three of those organizations. They put on a kick-ass show and just the offering and the hospitality, top-notch. Um, you pay a lot for these leagues. Um, I've done a couple that are around... 1200 bucks i think on the high end is probably about the uh most i will do right now um but yeah so you're definitely investing a lot and then obviously you know for hotel and flight um yeah it ends up being an expensive trip but i've been fortunate enough in the last uh five years or so that i've definitely returned a fair bit of profit off my investments so that's obviously the key if you keep uh flying out to Las Vegas or just doing online leagues and you're losing your shirt, kind of tougher to uh, <laughs> re-up or renew that investment on an annual basis. But I've been at least in a good place in terms of uh, getting some return on the fees that I've put in every year. So yeah, just I uh, want to say that. encourage you to give that a shot. Even try online first before you maybe go all out and make the trip. But certainly a very cool way to experience fantasy football. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think want to kind of get into it um, in terms of what I'd like to provide through these podcasts. Really want to make it inclusive and uh, really talk about uh, both fantasy sports and um, sports betting um, on these shows. So fantasy sports might take a little bit more of a precedent or priority in terms of some of the segments because um, that's definitely what I'm passionate about but I think what's going to really make this podcast uh, truly um, work well is the feedback I get from the audience so want to you know totally sincere in that regard if you guys are those of you who are listening if you hear something you like and maybe you want more of it or you don't want it at all um Glad to, you know, collect that feedback and structure future podcasts uh, accordingly. So don't want to kind of uh, spend too much time. Um, that's kind of like the intro where I'm coming from. 
Um, hopefully, you guys will continue to tune in. But let's kind of kick it off. Um, first segment that I really wanted to get into. Um, fantasy football, um, definitely my favorite topic that I'll be covering through these podcasts. Um, we're in off-season mode right now. So I think for a lot of leagues, if you're doing dynasty or keeper format, which I do a lot of, a um, little bit of that lull, right? Like after the Super Bowl is over, um, your more casual owners almost tap out for two or three months. Um, can't really blame all of them or too many of them because, yeah, there's not really too much to talk about. Uh, you know, you might just want to check in and see if you have any trades being offered to you. But generally speaking, aside from some of the, you know, social media conversations about what certain teams are doing, um, obviously with the NFL, I mean, it's 12 months a year, right? Um, there's always some story going on or being circulated whether it's the Deshaun Watson stuff. We obviously had the Jared Goff, Stafford trade, then Carson Wentz. So there's always news that's going to influence how you view your own dynasty team um, or you know how you need to look into changes to your roster. So that's what I love about fantasy football, that you know, you know it's going to be a year-round commitment and uh, entertainment for sure because um, there's always something going on but for me I find like these couple months before you get into the NFL draft and then the obviously the your leagues you do your rookie drafts there's definitely a lot of like time to really analyze and really take a good uh, you know evaluation of your fantasy teams and send out those offers because it could be a great time to buy low on certain players right um, some of the owners playing your leagues might not be as uh, up-to-date and current with the ongoing or the conversations that are happening so you might be able to secure a player you like at a lower cost because it's that off season and maybe some people you know have an itchier trigger hand and might be willing to accept something uh, in the middle of February that they wouldn't, um, you know, in the middle of the season, right? So definitely important to have a look at the other rosters in your league, see if there's an opportunity um, to maybe buy low on a player that you like. Um, and then next topic I want to cover is obviously the most important and the, you know, nearest to us on the calendar is the 2021 rookie drafts. Um, you know, it seems still far far away right now um, a lot of them will be in kind of april or may some even stretch it out into the summer but yeah we still have a little bit of a ways to go um and yeah obviously you got to see what happens with the actual nfl draft first but still a good time to really look at and assess the inventory your draft capital that you have or do not have and just kind of get a read on the rookie class and see who you like um I think there's a lot of um, opinions out there about the 21 rookie class and it potentially being better than last year's class. I'm not seeing it that way um, right now. Um, very comparable class, absolutely. Um, QB class might be a little bit stronger or might be a lot stronger depending on your point of view. Um, I think the receiver class could be as good, but I caution people 
who right now are viewing the 21 receiving class as better than the 2020 class. That that seems like a very optimistic uh, view to have right now. It might turn out that way, obviously. It's all just speculation and theoretical. But what that 2020 wide receiver rookie class put out on the field, like, is ridiculous. You know, it was basically, I mean, record-setting year for Justin Jefferson, who was, what, the third wide receiver taken? Third or fourth? Um, and then you got CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Chase Claypool, Brandon Ayuk, um, Denzel Mims came on a little bit later there. Um, just a super, super class. And um, I think all these guys are like surefire studs, you know. There's no, uh, you know, there's really at the top of the whatever rookies that were drafted in last year's rookie draft, you almost couldn't have gone wrong. Like all these guys have performed well, uh, most above even expectations. And yeah, just such a strong class and very excited to see how these guys uh, move forward. So for me, it's tough to put the 21 rookie class, at least from the wide receiver position, above them. But I guess uh, we will find out sooner than later. Um, but then for me, in terms of in the overall class, the running back group for 21 does not look anywhere near impressive or with the high upside that the 2020 class had. You know, when you look at your um, J.K. Dobbins, C.E.H., um, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, like it was a really strong running back class and especially how strong they came out of the gates, most of these guys. I mean, I guess some had a slower start like your J.K. Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor, but by the end of the year, you saw the immense talent that this class had. And yeah, obviously, hopefully you guys held on to those rookie running backs if you did get a little skittish off a rough start for the Akers, Taylor, and um, even DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins. But these guys are, are studs. And with the 2021 class, yeah, you've got Najee Harris, uh, Travis Etienne, um, Javante, Javante Williams. Your top three seems to be mostly the consensus there. All three of those guys could prove to be studs, you know, in that RB1, um, high-end RB2 range. Um, but beyond that, you know, there's not much there right now. There are some exciting players like Kenny Gainwell. Uh, Trey Sermon is obviously a flavor of the month with how he did in the uh, college uh, bowl games and the playoffs. So you got some pieces there. It just doesn't seem like a, you know, a very deep running back group. And I question if even Etienne or Harris have the same upside as a Jonathan Taylor or a DeAndre Swift. Um, I think they'd be good, but I still overall, the 20 class, rookie class is better for me. But it still doesn't change the fact that, yeah, I definitely value those rookie draft picks, especially the first round draft capital for 21 quite highly. So I definitely want to make sure that, you know, I've got a decent amount of picks and can uh, target a couple guys that I want to go after. Now, again, obviously, when we talk about, you know, if you're in a super flex league versus non, that changes things a lot, right? If you're super flex, which a lot of my leagues are, all of a sudden that 21 class, you could easily make the argument that it's better than the 20 class. Because then you bring in your Trevor Lawrence, your Justin Fields, your Zach Wilson, your Trey Lance, 
even your Mac Jones. Seems to be a few truthers out there for Mac. Um, so yeah, then when you take the whole collective class, yeah, I could see how you can make that argument that the 21 rookie class will be better. And then as it relates to your drafts, if you're in super flex, yeah, it might be a more, it might be a fuller first round in terms of uh, the excitement value there. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. In terms of like non-super flex though, just in terms of um, how I'm looking at these rookies, um, obviously not alone here in terms of how I am grouping them, but your first round would be guys like Jamar Chase, Harris, Etienne, as I mentioned already, um, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts, obviously just looks like a absolute ridiculous athlete at the tight end position. Uh, Rashad Bateman, a guy I love. Uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., Javante Williams. Um, very talented group, Rondale Moore. So yeah, there's certainly a lot of talent um, to be picked up in your first round, even in non-superflex. Um, and then, yeah, when you add in those big four quarterbacks to your superflex drafts in the first round, yeah, it makes for an exciting time. So I think you want to kind of be locked and loaded with any picks you have. Um, I haven't like completed all my tape viewing yet, so I'm not going to go into too much detail in terms of the different tiers of running backs and wide receivers, but absolutely over the next couple episodes, we'll start kind of bringing that content to you guys um, and really allow you to understand how to value a 1.03 versus a 1.05 or 6. Because I think that's all key in terms of how you manage your offseason. Um, I think just a quick two cents on the quarterbacks. Um, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind right now that Trevor Lawrence is your QB1. Um, I get it. Um, there's a lot of love for Zach Wilson. Rightfully so, probably. Um, guy just seems to have a lot of those Pat Mahomes attributes in terms of, you know, the different uh, arm angles and the accuracy, the deep ball accuracy is phenomenal. Um, you know, he's not the quickest runner, but like Mahomes, he's mobile enough and athletic enough to get it done and run when he needs to. Um, so I think he, yeah, he's definitely got a high ceiling on him. I just think that, you know, Trevor Lawrence, knowing the program he's coming from, the competition he played against, just all those factors put together. Assuming the Jags pick him at number one, which I'm pretty sure they will, unless something crazy happens. Just the fact that he's going to be with Urban Meyer, I mean, that just seems like a great partnership relationship for Lawrence to start his NFL career. Um, so yeah, he's my QB1 um, by a fair bit. And then Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, I'm more a Zach Wilson guy. Um, yeah, Justin Fields certainly looked impressive. Um, not as much in the national championship game against Bama, but certainly against Clemson looked very good. Um, I like the guy a lot. Um, you know, great accuracy, um, very athletic, uh, good arm. So I think all the tools are there. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's talk about in terms of how he go through his progressions. You know, I think he's improved that quite a bit, but you know, he was locking in on that first option a little bit too much um, at certain points in, in the season and even last year. So there's definitely a couple red flags there, but 
I think overall you got a solid prospect that you know shouldn't uh, last much beyond the 1.04, 1.05 in super flex leagues. Um, but a guy I love is Trey Lance. You know, um, you're going to hear the same kind of argument that you should be hearing um, for Zach Wilson, where it's like, well, yeah, but how about the competition? He played against, you know, it was a cupcake schedule for North Dakota, and yeah, that's all fine and good. But I mean. You know, they always say you, you play who you play and, you know, you can't argue with with the tape, you know, like, yeah, Trey Lance maybe only had to attempt 20 passes a game because his team was up by 30 at the end of the first quarter. Um, but yeah, I mean, the accuracy, the deep ball, like this guy has a rainbow, like he throws dimes and, you know, his deep ball accuracy looks pretty on point from the tape that I've seen. Still got to view him a little bit more but he looks to be the real deal. So a lot of good QBs, strong super flex class. Um, so make sure that you're kind of set up to at least have to be participating in that first round because I think there's a lot of uh, great guys to target there. So that's kind of um, all I really wanted to hit on from a fantasy football perspective for today. Again, a lot more coming. Um, and as I've I said in the intro, I want this to be both fantasy sports and also sports betting. So I do a lot of sports betting. Um, you know, I love future bets, uh, like survivor pools, um, spread pools. I do a lot of that stuff. Um, but I even just love, you know, just either a nightly parlay, looking at team and player props. So going to come, come to come to you guys, excuse me, with a pretty good perspective and give you some of the bets that I'm placing. Um, and hopefully, you know, I'll keep track of how I do so you guys can maybe, as we go forward, feel a little bit more confident taking my advice. Um, as with any gambler, you're good if you hit on 50% or more. So that's kind of, I guess, the target there, the bar. Um, so if I can kind of uh, show you guys the proof of in the pudding there, Maybe uh, you guys will enjoy that content just as much as the fantasy sports content. So I know we're kind of getting up to game time for some of these uh, plays, but just want to put them out there so you guys know who my picks are as games either have uh, tip-off or puck drop coming up soon. So my best bets for today, um, the Leafs-Habs, I'm going under 6.5. I just see a little bit of a tighter game there. It's typically a one-goal game with these guys, it seems, every time out. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I also like uh, the Tampa Bay-Carolina under 6.5 as well. Um, the last time they played, I believe Carolina won 1-0. Um, I just think that, you know, another kind of divisional game. They see each other a lot. They know each other pretty well. I don't think it's going to be very wide open. So I like the under there. And then moving on to the court. In basketball, uh, pretty nice matchup, actually. A uh, little repeat of the NBA championship from last year. I like between the LA Lakers and Miami Heat, the over 208. That line's come down quite a bit. It was at 214. I don't know if that's just a result of uh, Anthony Davis being out of the lineup or in Sh Schroeder. Um, but yeah, it still seems a little bit low. So I like the over 208. And then my boy, Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler, I've got him on the over 20 and a half points. Okay, so those are my four 
um, lines that I like or for props that I like. Just to run it back, Leafs Habs under six and a half, Lightning Canes under six and a half, Lakers and Heat over 208, and Jimmy Butler over 20 and a half. Okay, so those are the ones that I'm putting on, on tape. Uh, it's recorded, can't go back now. When put the next podcast out, definitely do a review and recap and see uh, how I did. Okay, guys, I really appreciate uh, you guys uh, tuning in if you did. Um, and hopefully uh, you guys will continue to listen and support the material and the podcast. And yeah, I hope to bring a lot of exciting content to you in the next podcast and ones to come. So thanks for joining me today and have a great night.